0: Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 362, Enriched by Education. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. I'm Daryl Darnell. This Saturday, I will be taking my daughter to her very first college football game, and I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I talk about my appreciation for education. Well, hello there. Greetings to you. Happy Monday, by the way. I hope you're ready for a great week. I know I am. And I, of course, am ready with today's fun fact. On this day in 1907, do you know what it is? November 16th, 1907. Give up? All right, on this day in 1907, Indian Territory and Oklahoma Territory collectively entered the United States as Oklahoma, the 46th state. Can't believe you didn't get that. (laughs) Oklahoma is a name derived from the Choctaw Indian words, "okla," meaning people, and Huma, meaning red. The first Europeans to visit this region, I say this because in case you didn't know, that's where I live, Uh, but anyway, they were the Spanish explorers in the 16th century, and in the 18th century, the Spanish and French struggled for control of this territory. The United States acquired Oklahoma from France in 1803 as part of the Louisiana Purchase, of course. After the War of 1812, the U.S. government decided to remove Indian tribes from the settled eastern lands of the United States and move them west to the unsettled lands of Oklahoma, Kansas, and Nebraska. In 1828, Congress reserved Oklahoma for Indians, and in 1834, formally ceded it into five southeastern tribes as Indian Territory. Many Cherokees, however, refused to abandon their homes east of the Mississippi, and so the U.S. Army moved them west in a forced march known as, do you know this, the Trail of Tears. See, I don't know if, I didn't enunciate, the Trail of Tears. Uh, I don't know if, if this stuff is, is common knowledge to most of you out there. We studied it heavily here in Oklahoma, as part of our Oklahoma history classes, because it's such a big part of our heritage. But I don't know—is this stuff that you guys knew? Hopefully, you did. Uh, okay, let me finish up here. The uprooted tribes joined Plains Indians that had long occupied the area, and Indian nations with fixed boundaries and separate governments were established in. The region. So then, how do we become a state? Well, in 1907, Congress decided to admit Indian Territory and Oklahoma Territory into the Union as a single state, with all Indians in the state becoming U.S. citizens. Representatives of the two territories drafted a constitution. And on September 17th, 1907, it was approved by voters of the two territories. So on November 16th, Oklahoma was welcomed into the United States by President Theodore Roosevelt. Good stuff. A whole lot more to that story. Like I said, I studied this stuff growing up. I find it interesting. It's part of my heritage. You can find more. All of that that I read came from history.com. Love the folks over at history.com. I often get little bits and pieces from them, but I lifted all of that verbatim from their website and there's more to it. I did not lift the entire article, just selected a couple of paragraphs there. So anyway, yeah, statehood this day in 1907. Well, A few days from now, on Friday specifically, we're going to have the Friday Forum. And last week we had the Friday Flashback, which was a really cool episode of Mark's called The Treehouse. This week we will have a Friday Forum. I do have stuff already for it. But I would love to have you as a part of a future episode. Maybe even this week. We'll see how it goes. But definitely don't delay. Send your stuff in. You can... Be a part of the Friday Forum by calling 304-837-2278 or head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You'll have a variety of options available to you there. The Friday Forum is your chance to share your life, the lessons that you have learned, and for the month of November, we're looking for contributions about gratitude, the things we're thankful for. So keep those in mind as well. Again, 304-837-2278 or goldenspiralmedia.com/feedback All right, well here's what I learned yesterday. Today I want to continue my November series of gratitude by talking about why I am thankful for education. I think all of us here in the US and in developed countries all around the world should be grateful that we have access to very good schools that are easy to get to, provide a high level of education, and prepare us for the future. There are children all over the earth that do not have ample schools readily available, so we should always be grateful for what we have. When I first became old enough to enter the public school system, I attended Oklahoma City Public Schools. Specifically, I attended kindergarten and part of first grade at Madison Elementary School in northwest Oklahoma City. In first grade, I was given a test, and I scored high enough on it to be placed in advanced learning classes. So I spent part of my day in a regular classroom with other first graders, and I spent part of my day in a different classroom with other advanced students. However, at some point in the school year, my family moved from Oklahoma City to Guthrie, Oklahoma, a town of about 10,000 people located about 30 miles north of Oklahoma City. This adjustment was really weird and somewhat difficult for me. The only learning environment I'd ever known was what I had experienced in Oklahoma City. I remember asking my teacher several times when we would be going to the other classroom to study different things, and she always told me the same thing. She said that her classroom was that classroom and that we didn't have to switch classrooms. I don't know why, but I found that really confusing. For the rest of first grade, I felt out of place, and I don't recall having any friends. By the time second and third grade came around, I was adjusted. I made friends, and I felt comfortable in the classroom. I don't recall ever asking about studying other things or visiting a different classroom, and I don't even know if I was in an advanced placement classroom. Besides not liking my third grade teacher and getting in trouble quite a few times for various reasons, it seemed normal. And then things changed again. After I completed third grade, my parents divorced and we moved again. This time we moved to a town called Wellston, which is about 35 miles northeast of Oklahoma City and had a population of about 850 people. Given the fact that I was in a brand new town and my parents had just divorced, you might think that I had a hard time adjusting. However, I don't remember that being the case. I had no problems academically. And I think that's partially due to the fact that I found myself using some of the exact same books in fourth grade at Wellston that I had used in third grade at Guthrie. Wellston didn't offer any type of advanced classes, so I'm guessing that I had indeed been in an advanced class at Guthrie and we were using some fourth grade books. Either that or Wellston was using third grade books in their fourth grade classrooms, which probably not the case. So the rest of my public school education can be summed up by saying that it was mostly an average educational experience. Since Wellston was a small town with a limited budget, we didn't really have a wide variety of classes to explore. As I got into high school and began selecting classes, I often felt disappointed. As a creative person with lots of interest in the arts, I found myself wanting a lot more. I had only two journalism classes, yearbook and newspaper. I took both of them twice. I had no drama, no orchestra, or no art classes of any type. Our school did offer band, and I think it offered choir, but I didn't take either one of those. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't just the arts that were lacking. In all other subject areas, we only had access to the state minimum required classes plus an occasional bonus class. That means that we had one English class available each year. As for math, we had one class for freshmen, one for sophomores, and one for juniors. And since our state doesn't require four math credits to graduate, senior-level math was almost non-existent. We had one option called math analysis where we were exposed to higher-level math concepts like calculus and trigonometry, but we didn't go in-depth in any of them. I took it, though, since it was my best and only option. Our science options were practically identical. That is, we had one freshman class, one sophomore class, and one junior class. For seniors, our school typically alternated between anatomy one year and physics the next year. My year fell on anatomy, I think. Whichever it was, I wasn't interested in it, and so I had no science my senior year. As I entered my senior year, I only needed a single English credit to graduate. On one hand, it was nice to be able to relax my senior year, but on the other hand, There were subjects that I wanted to study, but they weren't offered. So I filled my schedule with the best classes that I could with what I was interested in. At that point in my life, I wanted to be an animator for Warner Brothers. I loved, loved Batman the Animated Series, Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, and all the other stuff that Warner Brothers was doing, and I wanted to be a part of it. I spent time drawing as often as I could, but I never even had the opportunity to take an art class. So, as a senior in high school, I enrolled in art instruction schools. Remember those ads that said, draw me, and had a picture of a turtle or a cowboy or a pirate or some other profile image? You would see these in the newspaper or in comic books or other places like that, magazines even. Well, those were all done by art instruction schools. And once I enrolled, I received a few art supplies and workbooks. And I would go through a workbook lesson and complete a drawing at the end of the lesson. And then I would send that drawing via mail to them and they would quote unquote grade it. And then a week or two later, I would get my graded drawing back with some handwritten tips for improvement from one of their instructors. And while I was happy, To be finally taking art lessons, this method left much to be desired, and the process of learning was frustratingly slow. So I eventually got so frustrated I dropped the program. After I graduated high school, I enrolled at the University of Central Oklahoma, and this meant that I was finally able to study anything that I wanted. Of course, one of the first things I did was find the appropriate freshman level art class and enrolled in it. And it was not at all what I expected. I expected to learn new techniques. I expected to discover new tools and instruments. And I expected to see a growth in my skills. All of that turned out to be true. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, I performed well in the class and I easily got an A. But what I didn't expect was that I would hate the class. Yeah. Each week, I was given a new assignment with a deadline. I didn't get to draw what I wanted. Instead, the professor told us what to draw. Whether right or wrong, I decided that this scenario was probably common. That is, if I did graduate and go on to do graphic design work or even animation for Warner Brothers, I would always have deadlines forced on me, and I would oftentimes be required to draw things that weren't of my choosing. I simply could not see myself dealing with that for the rest of my life, and so I made the decision to end my pursuit of an art degree. Looking back on it now, I think that that decision was too rash and short-sighted, but it was such a shock to me at the time, I didn't see any other option. So here's what I learned. How does this story fit into this month of gratitude? It's simple. While I am truly grateful for the education that I received at Wellston, it wasn't enough. I had some excellent teachers at Wellston. In fact, my junior and senior English teacher was fantastic. She repeatedly said that her goal was to get us ready for college, and she did. I found my college English classes to be very easy, largely because of what I'd learned in Mrs. Fredman's high school classes. In fact, my English Comp 2 professor once bragged on my performance in front of the whole class. As my wife and I began talking about where we would raise our kids, I knew that a strong school system was a must. The school system is the primary reason that we chose to move to Edmond when we returned to Oklahoma. The Edmond School District is among the best in the country, in just a few years, my kids will attend Edmund North High School, a 2012 study ranked Edmund North in the top 2% of public high schools in the country and in the top 10 of all Oklahoma high schools. And fortunately, it's not just the high schools in my town that are great. As a kindergartner, my son's teacher almost instantly recognized his advancement. She brought in the principal to get a second opinion, and then they approached us about having him skip ahead to first grade. After careful consideration, we agreed. Colby has continued to excel and could have even skipped another grade. We got his national test scores back a few weeks ago, and he is testing in the 98th and 99th percentile nationally in every category. He's now in 6th grade and one of only 8 kids in his grade to have been selected for the academic team. And he loves math and science. My daughter's no slouch either. She is incredibly creative and loves anything that involves writing, drawing, or making things with her hands. As a middle schooler, she's already taking art classes and getting exposed to things that I didn't get exposed to until I was in college. And both of my kids have a wide variety of classes from which to choose. They have all the arts and creative classes they could ever want, and they have a deep selection of academic classes from which to choose as well. They are both doing very well in school, and Addison was one of 50 students selected to take the ACT this year. As a 12-year-old, she qualified for the ACT, and she'll be taking it in just a couple of weeks. That blows my mind. So I am grateful for education, and I'm grateful that we have a wide variety of subjects for my kids to study. I'm grateful that because of their exposure to these subjects now, they'll have a much better idea of what they want to be when they grow up than I did when I graduated high school. So what's in this story for you? Well, the beauty of this story is that it is a current story about things happening right now. Do you know what else is happening right now? Linda, Udemy, YouTube, podcasts, University of Phoenix, Community College, VoTech, local workshops, and virtual conferences are just a few of the learning opportunities that we have available to us today. Some of these are free, while others are very low cost. In today's technologically advanced world, we have more learning opportunities than ever before, even if we do live in a small town with limited academic offerings. If any of us has a desire to learn something, we have no excuse to not learn it. Lastly, take a moment to consider the other side of this coin. Not only are there multiple opportunities to learn, but there are multiple opportunities to teach and share knowledge from classrooms at craft stores and libraries to after-school programs and nonprofit organizations there is a world of opportunity out there for mentoring and sharing your knowledge with those coming behind you furthermore setting up a youtube account and creating a course for linda or udemy is easy too so are you grateful for education i hope so i also hope that you'll take a moment and consider how you might add to your own education and the education of someone else. After all, doing so will most certainly make the world a better place. I'm Daryl Darnell, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and facebook.com slash goldenspiralmedia. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes.